First of all, decide your ICP, the best product for your defined market. So again, making sure that your product is really superior and that your salespeople can really talk about why we win and making sure that you, you know, understand your position in the market. Welcome to the podcast B2B SaaS CEOs with me, Joseph Falsen, as your host. I'm the CEO and founder of VAM that helps sales teams close more deals and book more meetings through video messaging. The idea to this podcast was born because one of my personal goals is to be a world-class B2B SaaS CEO and therefore I need to learn from the best. And I want to take you with me on this journey. Hi, my name is Per Åkerberg. I'm the CEO of Voyado and you're listening to B2B SaaS CEOs. Hi and welcome, Per. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's just before Easter and I'm taking off for some skiing in a couple of uh, days, actually. So that's going to be really good. Oh, amazing to hear. But before you can do that, you're here with me now. And let's talk some business. First thing first. Please tell the listeners, what does your company, Voyado, do? Do the elevator pitch. All right. Yeah, I'll try to do that. So I'm quite new into this role. But uh, so Voyado is the leading customer experience uh, cloud platform for retailers and commerce. So we have our product Engage that is uh, uh, you know, a multi-channel marketing automation platform for increased customer loyalty. And then we have Elevate that is a very powerful product discovery engine that gives our customers uh, you know, possibility to grow and actionable insights on their consumers uh, and learn about their consumers and their intentions. So Voyado gives brands worldwide the ability to engage customer loyalty, uh, elevate their shopping, and also involve their own brands. Typically, we, we are talking to and offering our platform to chief marketing officers at our customer sites or uh, e-commerce managers that is in charge of their e-commerce platform. That is our you know persona that we pursue as the as uh, as the company. Then we're moving on to a story because I love to listen to stories. Who doesn't? I want to hear the story of how you ended up at Voyado because I have had several different other CEOs literally mentioned your name and said you need to get Per. He's an amazing CEO. He's been CEO for long. I want to listen to some of his insights and experience. So please tell me the story, why and how you ended up at Voyado. So before I was uh, the CEO of Voyado, I was the chairman of Voyado for uh, almost four years. Uh, And uh, in parallel to be the chairman of Voyado, I was CEO and building up uh, another Swedish SaaS company called Medius that is operating in other space. We, Medus is doing um, uh, you know, automation in, in the fintech area, so automating supplier invoices. Uh, and and uh, so when I was CEO of Medus, I get to know Johan Bekalin and Johan Hjelte, the, the two founders of Voyado. Um, and uh, when uh, Voyado got, got their first investment from Axel Jonsson, uh, they asked me to step in in the board. So I was on the board of directors for Voyado for, since 2018. And in uh, 2021, end of 2021, I 
decided uh, to leave Medius. I, uh, I'm now on the board of directors for Medius, but then Johan asked me to step in as the CEO of Voyado. So I basically switched places here now. So uh, I took over Voyado and as I said, I've been with the company, but on the board level and I really love uh, the company. They have a unique culture. They have a strong product and a very good product fit to the market. Uh, but one of their really strong asset and success stories of Voyodo is their ICP. We keep the ICP very narrow. Uh, and that we're going to talk more about later. But that means that we need to make sure that we take and move that ICP to next geographical region. So going international with Voyodo is, is high up on my agenda. And that's what's really triggered me to, to take on this role that I think I can contribute with my international business experience to help them uh, we all establish ourselves in new uh, geographical uh, areas. And I think uh, one of the really strong milestones that we achieved last year was really our success in Benelux region. I think we came up to like 20 new logos, well, actually more than that. And uh, we are now hoping to see the same pattern or success in UK. So that's basically how I ended up in Voyodo. Thank you for sharing. And uh, let's move on to one of the big segments then of, in my podcast, business development and leadership. So let's start with business development. And we need to kick off with some KPIs. You can't have a SaaS podcast without talking KPIs. <laughs> so I want to know which top KPIs are the most important for you as a CEO and why have you chosen them? I must say, Josef, that I'm a, I'm a KPI nerd. Uh, when we built up Medius, and, and uh, Medius is actually one of the largest SaaS, B2B SaaS companies in Sweden. I probably think Fortnox is a little bit bigger than Medius, but other, I think Medius is the second largest in, in Sweden. One of our, you know, really, uh, you know, I think I would really, you know, contribute our success to, uh, we have a strong KPI track measurement in the company. Uh, we tracked around 20, 25 KPIs on a monthly basis that I shared with all of employees at uh, Medius uh, on a monthly basis, basically. And those KPIs is not only financial KPIs, it's also about, you know, the, how can we make sure that we have the best product? How can we make sure that we have, you know, good onboarding for our customers? And how can we make sure that we have, you know, proactive uh, customer success? So really concern the whole company. And by, you know, repeatedly uh, say these KPIs on a monthly basis that really make the whole company say that, wow, this is something we are, you know, understanding and we see how the trend lines are going and you get the engagement from all our employees and they start asking questions, how they can help and so forth. So, so KPIs is, uh, you know, that is very close to my heart and I keep. In every company I've been running, I've always kept KPIs very high up and, and make sure that we have <clears throat> one set of. KPIs in the company that we will actually measure us against. We you know, connect basically the variable salary. So when you're asking to prioritize KPIs, it's really hard for me because I like so many. And as I said, uh, we, we probably track 20, 25 also here at Voyado. But I would say as a, as a cloud scale-up company, uh, I think you know, number one is you know, ARR growth uh, within your ICP. Uh, I'm coming back to that a lot in this uh, interview that I we, you really need to you know stay focused on your strategy. 
and really make sure that you measure your growth in within your ICP. So ARR growth in uh, your ICP is my, m- number one. I would also say scalability is important because that's the you know one of the strong assets being a multi-tenant SaaS companies that you you really you know add more tenants without necessarily add more cost. Uh, and scalability is of course important. There are different ways of measuring scalability. And for simplicity reason, I can say uh, gross margin, you know, so the revenue minus the direct cost you have for, for the hosting. That is a very good scalability uh, KPI. Thirdly, I would say uh, net promoter score, always important that you keep track and make sure the customers are happy. Uh, and and since it's a recurring business model that their you know, customers are paying uh, you know, annually or quarterly going forward, if they're not happy with you, they will stop paying and, and, you know, terminate the contract. So making sure the customers are continuously being happy with the service. So NPS, absolutely. And I cannot, I also need to say, you know, employee satisfaction. When you're building uh, cloud uh, companies, you really need to make, make sure that um, your employees feels inspired they can walk the extra mile and you know do, do the little extra for the company that is so important so it's just also uh, making sure that you have an environment that you know your colleagues are very you know excited about and and again feeling that they will work a long long time here so so I, I, that is the four i will stop with I, I, otherwise i can consume the whole 30 minutes on this kpi talk but uh, that's the four i will focus on yes and if you need to choose one as the North Star metric, what would that be? We'll say uh, ARR growth within your ICP, absolutely. That would have been my guess, but you should never <laughs> assume anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you for the, the these great inputs. And we move on to go-to-market strategies. I've heard that you are really sharp at this. So I'm, I'm looking forward now to get some of your best practices around go-to-market strategies for a scale-up. Yeah, and and uh, maybe my answer will be a little bit uh, different here because I think when you talk about uh, good to market, I think it's again it evolves the whole company, and I think first of all you need to have the you know decide your ICP the best product for your defined market. So again, making sure that your product is really superior, and that your salespeople can really talk about you know how we win and why we win and making sure that you you know understand your position in the market but it's also concerning that when you have a multi-tenant product you also need to make sure that you have rapid onboarding that's been the trend for a long time in in the software market that the old days when you have lengthy customizable implementation product is long time gone you really need to make sure that the product is uh, package you have uh, pre-packaged integration to third-party systems. If that if you need to integrate the third-party system, and you also should have an onboarding portal, so you know you have a self-service and the customer can log in and log into the system and make sure that they understand what steps needs to take before they get onboarded on on the on the SaaS product. Thirdly, uh, you also since it's uh, multi-tenant, we as a supplier need to be. Uh, proactive and tell the customers who is not doing that good how they can improve the usage of the product with improvement workshop, uh, trainings, you know, on-site consultants. And that needs to be communicated to the customer in the first pitch, basically. We have the best product for ICP. We're going to take you live quickly. We have no intention 
of having a length implementation product with steering committee and all that bullshit, fixed onboarding, and thirdly, making sure that customers feel comfortable and secure that we as a supplier, we know when you're doing good, we know when you're not doing good and how we can improve and help you achieve your ROI. And that's need to be communicated by the sales team. So it's not just about, you know, having a quick product feature, you know, pitch is about the whole strategy for, for the SaaS company. And that's what we have done in Medius, you know, we you know, have constantly taken down the onboarding time and we have a very proactive support, support or customer success. And we're doing the same here at, at Voyardo now. Uh, we should be well known to the market having a strong product, which we have and then really uh, working on decreasing the onboarding time and customer success. So I think that's really the powerful message uh, a buyer would like to hear. When I buy software, I always ask about these three things um, to make sure that, that the supplier or the vendor really thinks about the whole spectrum. So that is my, uh, you know, <laughs> my answer on this question. We can talk a lot about that more, but that's... I wish I would have heard this this is one of the reasons I started this podcast because I, this is my first time as a, a B2B socio, so I need to learn and I want to learn from the best. I wish you have heard this for two years ago when I started to <laughs> now because we have just started for them implementing this. It works so amazing now with new in the sales process. In the, so, so you are. I, I, I can totally one hundred percent confirm that what you're saying is like the re success recipe. I just wish I knew that earlier. <laughs> yeah, because if you know, if you know that three steps, you know, you know, sales know how to win over competition. The implementation know how to do quick onboarding. Support need understand how you know if everything is is very ICP. You know exactly what kind of support questions you will get, and and product development know how to you know build a very competitive product. So it's so important that you stay focused on the strategy. And I meet a lot of you know new scale ups, and and it's really sometimes you can feel that they are a little bit debating on the ICP, and it's very attempting sometimes to go outside your ICP because it's a deal and you can customize your product and you get some cash, which I understand, I, you know, I understand the, the business or the, the financial impact of getting cash, but, but long-term that is not so good for you because you're going to have an odd bird in your family and that's going to require that you, you know, have two, you know, code branches, for instance, on the product and stuff. And that's going to just, uh, you know, keep you not focused and have, two different customer bases you really need to keep your your eyes on on the strategy and and not not allow yourself to take the easy money stay focused yeah, so much clarity and insights here because of how i'm laying up the upcoming team for them thank you Per. we need to move on to what would you say something you did regarding go to market that you wish ah i think i knew this already very relevant question of course and i think um, you know that we all have made mistakes and i think one of my biggest uh, learn lessons learned is when you establish when you, you you for instance you develop a new product or new model or you establish yourself on a new market geographical market you tend to plan a quicker uh, success uh, than is really uh, possible Always. and yeah exactly and and uh, i've done that not only once several times that you you know you you develop something cool and and you think how hard can it be you know this is exactly what the customer is asking for and you know we're going to sell a lot of this but it takes time uh and you have to make sure that you allow lead time and you have to measure success 
before you start selling a new product or selling into new in a new country, a new market, you need to build the success criteria, not really on product sales. You have to make, you know, measure it maybe on pipeline development or, or feedback from customers. or So you really need to make sure that that new entry or selling a new product or enter a new market takes longer time than typically a CEO wants or the board wants. Uh, so that is a mistake that uh, you realize. And typically, if you have persistence and, and really uh, have the support from your owners and board, success will come. I'm pretty sure that that will come. How would you like to get approached, Per, in the best possible way when it comes to cold outreach? If a salesperson listens to this and you don't know them, what is the best channel way to get your interest and get you into a meeting? How would you prefer to be contacted? Now, all respect for all the hardworking salespeople out there. I know, you know I've been a salesperson myself. Uh, I, I love that, uh, but I also, it's a hard work and it's not that you know easy all the time. But I would say that uh, number one, uh, you know, when you call someone, typically I'm very stressed and I typically don't have time to answer my phone or typically don't have time to listen to an elevator pitch. I would, my preference would be to reach out to me through LinkedIn or through uh, other social channel with a message that is very acquainted or connected to my business. And really to trigger my uh, attention would be that the, the, the content is very relevant for me. If I have problem with... Uh, lead generation and make sure that you articulate uh, that in, in a very you know personal and related to my company's way uh, when you get this you know mass email sent out that's not really you know that goes directly to the trash bin for me uh, so personal and very connected to, to the world I live in, uh, then I would absolutely uh, listen and eventually pick up the phone if, if that would be needed. We talked about common mistakes regarding go-to-market. I would like to know one of your biggest mistakes ever you have made in business that you feel comfortable to share and you can look back like, ah, this was so big and stupid, but I learned this from it. It's not any dramatic than than sometimes you you hire a person, uh, you you think it's a superstar, you think it's a loyal, hardworking person, uh, and then you start hearing things in the organization that it doesn't work. And, and it's always, always before you take the step to do a change, sometimes takes longer than uh, needed and, and necessary. Uh, it's not like, you know, you, you have to really make sure when you do a change that it's really the correct decision to take. But my typically the gut feel you get and and the, you know the you know the thing you hear is typically correct and and you should take action uh, you know earlier than than you do. And I think that's kind of a very common and and I'm I'm, I'm not a you know a guy like like to hire and fire people. I I, I like to give you know people a, a chance to win and and be with the company, but. Um, Recruitment is very hard, uh, and uh, it's it's. I've been learning a, a lot that uh, you know it's it's not what it always looked like, and you, sometimes you need to do changes, and that's good both for the company and the other one, uh, the person that is working. So, thank you for sharing, Per. It's time for a topic of your choice, 
And the only thing here you need to take into account is that you need to talk a few minutes about something that you you are nerdy and passionate about. It can be private, it can be business. It's time for Paris topic of choice. <laughs> Thank you. No, but I think I I've been on this little bit on this uh, topic in the in the earlier questions here. But I really must say that I'm very impressed with the Swedish uh, sauce market and all the great people out there working hard on their ideas. Uh, we are we have a fantastic reputation in Sweden. Uh, uh, when I, for instance, uh, we have uh, the owners of Medius is an American private equity firm called Marlin Equity, and they have a very good eye on what's happening on the Sweden or Scandinavian market, but because they particularly like the Swedish sauce uh, environment, uh, and they would like to invest and make sure and support these companies to the next levels. Uh, and I think that's something we I am very proud of, uh, that uh, I'm part of this fantastic industry that employs so many uh, people in, in Sweden and uh, elsewhere, but also continue to grow. Uh, and and if you look on the bigger picture, uh, there, there there's been a quite a few Swedish software and source companies that's been global successes within their specific domain. Uh, so I'm very proud of that. And and again, my you know sincere uh, appreciation and, and hard work that's out there for this, but I, I think it's great. Um, and and being a Swede, that's fantastic. And, uh, you know, how we can, you know, f- continue foster that climate, uh, making sure that we have um, f- have more engineers. Uh, we here at Voyado, we, we are supporting, you know, women tech. Uh, we just had a class of high school students here, uh, female high school students uh, a week ago, uh, showing them how to be programmers. So making sure that we continuously adding more people into this uh, sector is super important for Viola for us to continue our growth journey. So then we put period on the topic of your choice and I think I will frame it as uh, love for the Swedish sauce community. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Swedish and Scandinavian, I would say. We have also strong sauce companies in, in uh, yeah, Norway, uh, Denmark and Finland too. But we, have, we, have, we are... Um, really strong in that. And we also embraced the, the SaaS community earlier than they did in, in other parts of Europe. Uh, and I would say we have a unique position that we need to continue to uh, be uh, strong at and, and ex- accelerate our position to, to make sure that we, we be the leading in, in the, the Europe, European continent. And this is a good segue into the next thing, because now it's time for an external question. From the SaaS community, <laughs> uh, because I don't want it just to be me and you, Per. Uh, I always lift in minimum one external question. And today it's a question from Anna Åslund at Asker. And this is her question. Hi, Per. This is Anna from interview startup Asker Technologies. I have a question for you. AI, and more precisely generative AI and ChatGPT, seems to be the buzzword on everyone's lips right now. So how do you think AI will change your industry in the near future? And what are you doing at Voyado to keep up with this development? Thank you, Anna. A very relevant question. And of course, that's something we are uh, on top of. Uh, And uh, we are, um, as as a marketing automation uh, supplier, this is very relevant for us as well, this technology. Uh, we have some research projects ongoing uh, and how, how we can use that technology uh, in our platform. Uh, 
but still very early. Uh, we are also assessing through our legal team here at Voyodo. Since we are handling personal data, we are you know GDPR experts, and our legal team is also assessing how this will you know implications on us using ChatGPT. Uh, and we saw, for instance, now, uh, I think it was during the weekend, that uh, Italy decided, uh, the country Italy decided to forbid uh, usage of chat GPT in Italy. Uh, how they're doing that, I don't know, but you know, the, the service is not uh, allowed in Italy. Uh, but we also saw, for instance, Klarna coming out with an integration between chat GPT and the Klarna platform. So this is, again, very relevant for us, uh, the technologies here. Uh, many you know uh, players would use this and and we are again assessing how we can benefit from them and our customers can benefit from them without violating the legislation that we have in Europe uh, so uh, more information to come but I can guarantee you that we are on top of this question Anna thank you for that question and Per it's time for leadership First thing in the segment of leadership, this is a straight shooting one. It's maybe hard for just you to answer, but I need to ask it. Are you a good leader? <laughs> well, maybe that's not uh, me to reply to that question. And I think uh, someone that have worked for me in the past is better suited to answer that question. I've been running companies. I love run, running companies. I, uh, I love being a leader. If, if I'm good or not, you, you better answer someone that is you working. Do, you, do, you dodge that bullet. And I know yeah, yeah, you, yeah. This, is, this is a hard question to answer, but I can answer for you from several different, many different people at iHeart. That, that's why I wanted to have you here. I, I, I think you are a good leader because I've heard it from so many smart people that I know. And then I want to go one layer deeper here. If you should look at yourself and look at your core strengths or with a more better sounding, cooler word, superpowers, what would you say are your main superpowers as a leader? Yeah, again, it's hard to judge yourself really and it's not really my persona to do that, but uh, I am, uh, I have uh, high energy. I've always been a high energy person. I am... Uh, uh, honestly very interesting in all aspects of a software company and that's you know i think it's required to make sure that you have a both your interest in go to market uh, you know sales marketing uh, onboarding customer success but also equally important to stay very close to product development product, product marketing and, and product management uh, but also the numbers uh, so it's it's you need to be interested in all aspects of the company and my uh, superpowers. I don't know if I'm going to use that word, but again, my interest in in the whole company, making sure the whole company is working towards the same strategy, uh, same set of KPIs, in a dynamic, uh, you know, uh, Scandinavian style culture, is is I think what I try to create in in the companies I've been running the last twenty years. With the last thing you just said here, what I hear is aligning people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, basically, when we work as a management team in Voyador, Medios, and other or these companies, making sure that everyone is steering with the same towards the same target or objective, and uh, we always have the we want to sh you know share the champagne bottle when we reach the target, and we also like to swear together when we don't reach our target. So, 
having the same uh, model and the same objective and and uh, so when we when we win the new customers everyone should be happy and everyone should be rewarded for it because again uh, it's not only about sales it's about the whole company uh, to be able to success or celebrate success so uh, alignment is very important for me yes that's true talking about odd things then can you share an odd thing that you or a leader above you in the past have done that seemed really strange and odd but now when you look back at it it actually had a great amount of impact uh, that's also a very good question that um, you know i lived in us i worked in us uh, companies <clears throat> and that's a little bit different I lived in germany i worked in german uh, organizations too when i came to a company called resolve we were a public software company uh, and, and uh, i learned from the founder there that he had a fantastic combination of being both very goal and kpi oriented but very warm as a person and that was a little bit different from my experience living in us and germany that you could combine those two typically if you are very you know sales hardcore sales driven you're typically not as warm but this person was that and and the whole culture within resolve was very warm uh, but also very hard working i mean there was not easy target and that really attracted me the working hard but also that you're you know you you can you know you can share uh, you know drink coffee or having dinner together and and you know nice people and and it's much more work is so much part of your life that it must be uh, you know fun you know nice and 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 inspiring to be in your workplace so i think he learned me that importance of you can combine you know again hard working kpi re- reaching kpis with a warm heart and and uh, i try to use that in my time at medius and and uh, voyolo yeah this is a great input here and also uh image of a modern leader that i want to help shoot out that no you can be a great sales leaders driven and really loving person too at the same time yeah yeah exactly i mean that that combination is the best right and now then when we have addressed this i need to tackle bad things the worst things because i need to know what according to you is the worst things about being a leader and how do you tackle these obstacles you know yusef i love being a leader uh, i've been running companies uh, software companies since i just did a little bit of reflection here. i think i've been running software companies since 2002 so about a little, a little more than 20 years now so i love being a leader uh, and of course if again if someone you know in in your organization that you have a high beliefs in have misled you that, uh, and of course you know you get disappointed but you know that's that's life and and uh, if that happens you need to address it and that's part of my job i don't like that but but you have to again take that decision that sometimes uh could be tough but you need to take that decision and and uh, that's part of my job and i just do it so i mean i don't it's it's not like i have any things that i i uh, try to avoid as a leader not at all uh, that's part of my job i like you know sharing victories you know winning business you know seeing people develop as my favorite but sometimes you have to do other things as well as a leader that's just part of the job maybe because you have done it so i was basically a kid when you started being as a ceo so yeah. <laughs> you have done it so long so maybe it's just in your backbone now that yeah and i worked in this in my first companies i was um, 
working in the software industry within telecommunication area and and you know we suffered heavily in early 2000 with the telecom winter that occurred you know and in and both you know Motorola, Ericsson, Nokia, all the big telecom providers were hitting significant and we as supplier to these big big telcos were also hit and we have to take some measurements in in the in the companies that's not fun and and I don't like that but it's very necessary to survive as a company and uh, then we're wrapping leadership up with the last question if you have to summarize leadership from your point of view per with only one word what would that be uh, yeah i'm going to use two words and it's going to be combined i'm going to say positive energy ah <laughs> uh, this is so class uh, uh, smart people always <laughs> try to squeeze it in like this is yeah, it's, it's it just need to be in a positive environment yourself it just need to be in a positive environment and have this energy to do the ex- little bit extra so Leadership is all about that. And we are entering the roundup with only three questions left then. And the first thing here in the roundup is just me basically fishing for other cool guests with the help of you. So I want to know which two other B2B socios do you think are smart, interesting, and would like to listen to if I would interview them here in B2B socios? Yeah, there's you know, plenty. Uh, you, you could... Um... Try to invite uh, Martin Jensen, uh, who is the CEO of uh, Centra. And the second one I threw in here is actually one that is a little bit in a gray zone, but uh, in, there's a traditional Swedish lock company doing lock called RCO that is moving their technology uh, from typically, you know, have a lot of software in, in locks when you have you entering a big facility. A lot of that software is moving up to the cloud. So if you want to listen to that, I think you should invite Fredrik Sidhagen from RCO. Thank you for the names. And second last question. If you need to give yourself, your younger CEO, think 20 or 10 years ago, the top one to three things to think of that you now know that you didn't know, what would you tell yourself? I think this is uh, what I'm going to say is, is uh, first of all, make sure that you have balance in life. Uh, it's a little bit old uh, and, and we've been you know, talking about for a long time now, but making sure that uh, you, you're gonna, you need to work hard. Absolutely. You need to travel, but make sure also that you, you have balance in life and, and uh, you know, taking care of family and friends. That's important. Another thing that we didn't do when I was uh, younger, uh, we didn't really take care of ourselves. And, and I, I, I just, when I walked to the car very, very early this morning, uh, about 6.30, I saw two uh, or four people, actually, uh, two couples out running. And I think I'm, I'm very physical and I like to train myself, but doing that early in the morning is great. And I think that whole trend that's been you know, going on for quite some time now that you really think about your own health is important because uh, you know when when we were you know 30 years old we didn't do that we we, we played tennis absolutely but we also went to the you know restaurants and bars when we travel around the world and that's not healthy for you in the long term so really make sure that you don't uh, you know don't don't sleep or, or keep doing your practice your physical trainings while you're traveling or while you're you're working very hard is also very important. So, so your your personal health is is of course important. And and then of course make sure that you work in an environment that is inspiring, gives you you can give your enthusiasm, uh, 
dynamic environment and life is too short uh, work is you know too much time of your life so making sure that you you work in a positive and and dynamic environment that will be my three advice and very last question then where will Voyado be in five years we have a three-year plan uh, in the company that we are, you know, given that we have recurring revenue, recurring cost, and we are growing, and we want to add more people. Uh, so we three we th- we see three years away, but uh, five years is a little bit more speculation. But I would say that uh, we will, of course, be a significant larger uh, company, uh, and uh, I'm not going to say any numbers here because that might be. I would regret that in the in the coming um, <laughs> years, but uh, a significant larger uh, company uh, with significant larger presence outside Scandinavia and continue doing more business in Benelux UK. We probably have opened up three more markets, uh, and and uh, one of them I hope is going to be North America. I mean that's uh, the dream of all Scandinavian sauce companies really to win the North American. Market right, and and we would like to do the same, uh, and and uh, I think we have a great position to do that. That's what I hope you're going to see Voyado Bia in five years' time frame. And I wish you the best of luck with that, Per and Voyado. And with this said, I'm quickly shifting focus to you who has been listening. Two quick ones. Number one, tell a friend or a colleague to tap in and listen to Pair in B2B SaaS CEOs. And number two, press the subscription button because we have great guests here every week. And Pair, a huge, huge thank you for putting aside around 30 minutes to get with me to help the community, the listeners and me to keep on learning. Thank you, Josef, for having me. Appreciate it.